disturbing. Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars the Podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. My name's Blake, and I'm here with what's got to be the best host in the galaxy, just the number one greatest, because he's the only one here with me tonight. I'm not just saying this because he's here. It's Wesley. Half the battle just showing up. What's up, dorks? So the the rest of our crew has deserted us for one reason or another. All good things, I guess. Um, good reasons. We can't we can't just hold them hostage and um, make them <laughs> record podcasts with us. That would be wrong and probably <laughs> illegal. It, it's summer and we're we're in between Star Wars events, so it's you know it, we we can do fun podcasts like this with just two of us. We we don't get a lot of these. No, we we don't get a lot of these and. Just it's good. it's Blake and Wesley night, and who knows what's gonna happen? Because you know we're we're just two crazy dudes, you know. Yeah, where's the candles, man? We you got a candle? Can we light a candle? I blew them out already. I'm ready to. <laughs> oh, I was, I was gonna. I was just about to order the spaghetti, and we were gonna do the the lady and the tramp thing. It was. I guess you just want to skip over that. We're going straight right. to dessert. <laughs> This is getting mildly uncomfortable. Um, so let's just get into some news. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this, whoever you are. So we have got some crazy news this evening. Um, the San Diego Comic-Con has been going on, and we have massive Marvel news. There's no way we can get into all of it, without this show becoming about just that. Like, it, it, it is so it's much. so much. I haven't had time to, like, go through it all. Just so much to go through to prepare for this episode. <laughs> right? Um, they've announced countless shows. A new Daredevil show. Um, a bunch of movies. New Ant-Man. Fantastic Four's coming out. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. We are getting... Uh, the Avengers movies, Kang Dynasty, and Secret Wars, um, all in the same year. They're coming out. They're both coming out in 2025. That's going to be the end of Phase 6, so we've got like another three-phase thing. They have called these three phases the Multiverse Saga, and I cannot wait to get into it because like I've been saying this, that Phase 4 is just a precursor. It's building everything yeah. back up for another major event, and it seems like they have some great things planned. Yeah, for sure. And I see in Phase 4 this year, um, we have two more movies coming out. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, and Wakanda Forever will be the end of Phase 4. That's that's going to be an emotional one, man. And, and I can't wait to see what they do to close this phase. Yeah. Because it's, it's got to be something big. But in these next couple years, we're going to get old favorites. We're going to get new favorites. Um, it looks like we're going to get like Daredevil back. Fantastic Four is going to be in the MCU, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Thunderbolt, that's going to be a new character we really haven't seen much of on the big screen. Some great stuff is coming down the pipeline. Yeah, exactly. I think we're going to get a lot of new and, new and old characters back like uh, I see Blade, I, I you know, yeah. And then um, you know, like you said, Daredevil. And th- there's a Captain America: New World Order. So that, I assume that's going to be the new Captain America. Um, so yeah, the new Captain America, Sam Wilson, will be the Captain America in that movie. So I think he does a great job. Yeah, I, I think so too. And one more that pops out to me is a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And from what I've heard on the Twitter universe is that that's going to be the final Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That's that's the buzz. Yeah. It, it's going to be the final outing for the Guardians as we know them. There may be a new Guardians team that comes about. You, you never know. Um, Adam Warlock is going to be in this movie. And I think I think this movie is going to be a, geared towards Rocket uh, from what I'm hearing as oh. well. That, that might be a rumor, but... I don't know, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're also getting the uh, I Am Groot show is coming out on August 10th. So that's that's right around the corner. I Am Groot. I Am Groot. Mm Mm-hmm. I Am Groot. Uh Uh-huh. I Am Groot. I Am Groot. 
But it is Baby Groot, I think. I think it's Baby Groot. Maybe maybe we'll see him grow all the way up to back to adulthood. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it's cool that. Um, yeah, I mean that they gave they gave us dates and everything like for most of these shows and movies coming out. So it'd be interesting to see if they can follow the schedule or if they have to tweak the dates a little bit. But yeah, we got a schedule for the next two years, two three years. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. So, in other news, and this is Star Wars news now. Ooh. Amandala Stenberg has been cast in The Acolyte. I don't know if she's going to be the, the lead role. I think she is. I think that's kind of what we're to suspect. But um, we have an actress who's who's been cast for The Acolyte. We hadn't heard anything about The Acolyte in a, in a while. Right. And I don't know much about Acolyte other than it's going to take place in the High Republic era, which I'm very, if you follow the show, you know I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, curious yeah. to see what her role will be. It's either the High Republic or the High Republic kind of leads into this era. Um, I think it. I think it's supposed to be set about a hundred years before gotcha. Phantom Menace. Okay. Which I guess is that. I guess that is that time frame. Or maybe yeah. I can't. I, I can't remember exactly what. It's like I said. It's been so long since we've heard about it. Yeah, I know a lot of the the books that have come out for High Republic. They take place two hundred years before the Phantom Menace. So um, I'm not sure where Ikelite stands in that time period, but. I have a feeling that a lot of this content in the High Republic is really kind of pushing towards this show. Um, that's what I'd like to see. I think it'd be great. But when researching this and looking on IMBD, which it's, it's already on IMBD, there's going to be eight episodes and it's coming out in 2023. Th- those are, I don't think we had a date before. I might be wrong. It might have gotten revealed at uh, Star Wars Celebration and I just don't remember because so much happened. But it's coming out in 2023. There's going to be eight episodes. So we now have a little bit more understanding of about how long it's going to be. You know, maybe they're going to fit a Kenobi-type story in there. I uh, just can't wait to see what they do with the Acolyte. Because it's it's kind of... You can kind of do anything. Because you don't have any established lore in that time frame. So they, they get to play around in the sandbox a little bit. Yeah, and unlike the Kenobi series, like I hope they do... A couple seasons of the Acolyte, because whereas Kenobi, we we know his story from all the different media's out there. But Acolyte, this is, you know, this is very much a period Brand we new. have not, you know, dived into before. So, and it's definitely geared towards the Sith. I mean, that's that that's <laughs> a given. So I, I I can't wait to kind of explore the Sith in a way that we really haven't been able to before. Yep, absolutely. And now I have to bring it to a rumor. So rumor has it that Henry Cavill may be coming back to play Superman. And I'm excited. I'm a Superman fanboy. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Man of Steel is one of my favorite Superman movies. Um, He's definitely the best since Christopher Reeve for me. I just love the way he does the character. I know some people don't like the way he snapped Zod's neck in that first one. I loved it. Um, I, I think it was great. But uh, Wesley, what do you think? Do you, do you want to see Henry Cavill come back to uh, don the uh, red cape? Yeah, you know when I see Superman, I see Henry Cavill definitely. He, and obviously, he fits the role really well. So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, he's he he really kind of embodies that Superman feeling when he comes on the screen. He's He's got that air about him that he's going to save the day. He's got the right amount of confidence without being overly cocky, which is, is kind of Superman's thing. Like, he, he's cocky, but he's still, like, a relatable guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know about relatable, but he's he's not he's not, he's not not a jerk about it, right? Not like Batman. Batman's kind of a jerk at times. Superman's not really a jerk about his uh, superiority. <laughs> He's a British actor. Uh, have all the Supermans been British, or I'm trying to think. Nope, just the one. Just the one. So he is the one. Yeah, he is the one. Good for him. I hope this rumor turns out to be true. I would love to see Henry Cavill back in the Superman role. But now we have to move forward and talk about the Dork Wars merchandise store. Merchandising. Merchandising. What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. 
Open up this door. We've got Dork Wars the coffee mug. We've got Dork Wars the t-shirt. Dork Wars the hoodie. We have Dork Wars the flame retardant suit so that you are guarded from all the hot takes that will be taking place <laughs> on your airwaves this evening. Um, Fist pump. That was a good one. <laughs> Fist pound. <laughs> <laughs> No, we do, we don't have the the full flame retardant suit yet. We're working on that. Um, Teespring has has not offered that option to us, but once they do, we will have that in your hands. But seriously, check out Dork Wars merchandise store. You can find that on DorkWarsPodcast.com. You can find that on our link tree. Just type in Dork Wars the podcast on Google, and it is one of the first things that pops up. You can also check out our YouTube channel. Um, that's just Dork Wars Podcast. You'll find us there and anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. It doesn't matter. We're there. So check us out everywhere and wear Dork Wars wherever you go. And what's cool is, like you said, yeah. like if you Google Dork Wars the podcast, like we, there's like the first 15 links is us. Wait, Wesley, do you, do you hear that? That, that ship, that ship is, it, it's landing here. A Jedi archivist arrives precisely when he means to, and he also shifts into Lord of the Rings phrases. Hell yeah, what's up, brother? Yeah, what's up, man? Dietrich's here. Well, it's good to have you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, better late than never. We're or, drummers, yeah. so drummers are always late. Um, I'm a Jedi archivist. I'm a librarian, so I don't know what that means exactly. Does that mean I'm a Pisces? Is that, I don't know. <laughs> Nah, are you so are you like Jocasta News like husband or like great 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 grandson or like what's up um, with that? Well, a long time ago in a galaxy far 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 away, and two Jedi archivists love each other very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since Diedrich's here now, let's just let's go on with the show, and we're we're gonna talk about Red Five for a minute. We are part of the Red Five network. If if you like. Uh, geeky dorky podcast then check out the red five this podcast is a member of the red five network for more red five network podcasts and content creators visit bio.link slash red five so tonight Diedrich has gotten here just in time because we are doing star wars hot takes so we we have prepared some Star Wars hot takes, each of us. And if you were listening to our live this past weekend, you you may have heard some other Star Wars hot takes. And I don't know if any of them are going to be repeated tonight. They they may. I have no idea. They might come up. They might not. But um, just just bear with us because it's going to be a good time. Uh, hot takes are always fun. They're out there, and we get to discuss crazy stuff. And it's probably going to be really funny. Hopefully. <laughs> So, I'm going to start with uh, Wesley. Wesley, what is your Star Wars hot take that you're bringing to the table tonight? All right, cue the music, because I feel like we need some kind of bat- backbeat for this. Um, All right. So, am I giving... There it is. Yes. Or do you want some jizz? you want some jizz? All right. I'll start off with one hot take. Coming in hot. I mean no disrespect with this, but... My question is, who is the best droid in all of the Star Wars universe, and why is it Chopper? Is, is, is that a hot is take? Is that a hot take, though? Cho- Chopper it has the hot. highest kill count, for sure. Okay. That doesn't make him the best droid, though. Uh, if, mean, if you're fighting an empire where you're outnumbered like 10 to 1, I mean, that's pretty useful when you got a droid true. who can probably kill millions of... I don't know. Does R2 count with his, with his being on the back of uh, Luke? Like you know, when X Wing, not his X Wing, yeah. That might that might change things. He I didn't might. think about that one. Yeah, but Chopper. It may be a hot take because R two D two is widely regarded as the best droid in Star Wars. I mean, I I would still say that I like R two more. So I'll grant it, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, motion Allowed. granted. That's a hot take. Chopper basically is R two if you just crank up the sass and the bloodthirstiness. That's kind of like that's kind of like saying that you're just like me if you queue up the aloofness, and you know the. Chill. Are you saying I'm aloof or you're aloof? You're aloof. I'm that aloof. 
In comparison to me. Oh, okay. Let me aloof you. And also, I'd like to yeah. point out that Chopper is not afraid to cuss on a children's show. <laughs> well, hey, now, R2-D2 is the most censored, uh, most censored character in any media ever. So, I don't know. They, they might be tit for tat on that one. Wow. You said that on a kid's show? Is this a kid's show? I don't know. Is this a kid's show? I would say it's a family show. You can say that on a family show. Because there's parental guidance. It's PG. Okay. Maybe PG-13 at times. We're not so, after dark Me and Wesley yet. were talking about slurping spaghetti when you weren't here earlier. I'm, I'm so, not, yeah, it, not gonna lie. Chopper, I would not trust him. So... I would have to go R2. If I had to pick one to have my back in the situation, I'm going R2, because Chopper would just bail. If things are not going well, he might be like, yeah, peace. It's been good. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. He, he stuck with Hera all the time. Hera's he like definitely there for her. But R2 sticks with whoever he might be with at the time. Yeah, he's not fickle at all. Yeah, you know, Chopper, if Chopper was, like, with someone else, he probably would just be, like, cut and run if if he wasn't, like, dedicated to them. Yeah, man. This... Chopper's cool. But I like Chopper. I like Chopper a lot. His character's awesome. Like you say, he's like R2, but he's just cranked up on the bloodthirstiness and the sass. He's, he's always in the thick of it, ready to cut somebody or blow them to pieces. So... So yeah. what would happen if we got like a nu- nuclear thermal device on a chopper? Would that be like the end of the war? It would just be over. What do you mean? Is is, is he planting give, the device? Give him a nuke. He... Yeah, just give him like a nuclear give missile. Him a nuke. And, yeah, let him do his thing. Give him a couple. Send him into the battle. You know. Yeah, I mean, just send him right into the heart of the uh, second Death Star. I mean, you can fly. I mean, there's a big hole in. You can fly right in. Uh, and he can't fly. He's got like a jetpack in his butt. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like a trash can on fire from the bottom. And you, when you talk about a, uh, a dumpster fire, that is literally what you just described. Chopper is just a, Chopper is just a dumpster fire with a nuclear missile waiting to end the war. That, that would have been a, uh, definitely a different ending, uh, to Return of the Jedi. Mm. Yeah, let's yep. just send a robot in there with a missile. Why did anyone think of that? Because that wouldn't go well with the story, okay? Because, I mean, the astromechs, you can just say, hey, autopilot this sucker right into the core or something. Yeah, I mean... Astromech, yeah. hyperspace thing that, that uh, Admiral Hodo does or whatever. Oh, yeah. The, the Holdo maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. All the holes in the plot. But that, you know that's what? That's not how hyperspace It was works, so pretty. It was so pretty. It was. It was. It was a great action shot. Even though hyperspace doesn't work that way. Hot take. I liked it. <laughs> oh. oh no! Is this how we segue? Did Did you just say that, it, Dietrich? Let's segue I, I to a different hot like take. I like it. I don't You're like how. Spicy. I don't like that it was Holdo, but I like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea that the supremacy let its guard down, and like all the shields, they were just maximum firepower. No shields were up. And they got they got played. Uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I like that they got played, but she hyperspaced through them. You can't do that. That is not how hyperspace works. We only know. Well, no, we don't. We don't know that for sure. We only know that people don't do that because they don't want to die themselves. Well, yeah. Hang on, Blake, because you read you read um the High Republic books, right? With the Nihil. Yes, but yes, but they. D- Gotcha! Yes. Boom! Uh, Got him! Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes, but they they used their own hyperspace lanes. They weren't they weren't necessarily entering regular space. Okay, so theirs was like more calculated, and hers was sort of like random. Why does hold like on, hold on, hold on? I have I have a I have an argument. Why does the, who owns the space lanes matter? I don't understand that at all. It's the way that the high hi, yeah. the. Uh, when you go into hyperspace, it's calculated a certain way. They do actually go into this. I, in the I, my my argument is that you do that because you don't want to die. You go on those lanes that are charted and are mapped. Hodo, in that moment, did not give a fuck. Excuse me. Didn't, like, <laughs> like, she was, tr- 
she was trying to die, and she knew she was trying to take them with her. So yeah. why why calculate a, a chart that is known and that would say and you know, potentially be safe? That's not her plan. That's not yeah. what she was trying to do. So I, I'm actually really I'm ultimately. I don't know. I like the idea. I wish it could be handled a little bit better with an explanation, but I did yeah. like it. I thought it was a nice little twist there. Um, you yeah. know, they, and we're getting nitpicky about how hyperspace works because I don't know yeah. if the ship calculates it itself. Like, did, is someone sitting there with the hey, crunch the numbers, Bob? Yeah, that's that's yeah. what the navy computers are or droids. Yeah, the droids, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. So I don't know. I don't know if you can even engage hyper. I don't know. I don't know all the fail safes. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, but yeah, she did do that, and it, it was pretty. I just like my head cannon is again that the supremacy and all of the star destroyers that were with it had their front shields down, and all their power was diverted to just a- attacking, right, shooting the cannons off the turbo lasers, which take the same right. energy that the shields and the engines do. We've seen that in a lot of media. Um, and my head cannon is that they just like we're like we don't need shields at all. We're just gonna shoot it. And put all the sh- uh, put all the energy into our forward cannons, and don't even worry about being defensive. And that's kind of like how I feel like right. she got away with it. Yeah. But had there been shields up in a normal battle, in a typical space battle, the capital ships have both sides have their shields up, which is why that might not be a typical maneuver you would do if you weren't uh, about about to just die anyway, and it'd be a, a hail mary to try to take out somebody with you, kind of thing. Right. I don't know. I liked it overall. I don't like Holden necessarily as a character. I don't like the fact that it was her. I wish it was, uh, what's his name? Akbar. Yeah, I wish it was Akbar. That would have been more appropriate. It's but a trap. I'm the could, trap. He could have been, yeah. Oh, my God. That would have been a little like a, Marvel, like a Marvel <laughs> moment. Like, I'm Iron Man. Like, I'm the trap. Snap the, snap the on someone, screen. Yeah. Put, put, him on, put him on screen. This is a trap. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> I'm going to make an edit. I'm going to make an edit now. This is going on TikTok. That's my first hot take for the night. All right. So for my hot take, I believe that Barris Afi may have saved Grogu from the Jedi Temple during Order 66. Go on. Like, I don't know how to say it's a hot take. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the theory. Tell me the theory. So here's the theory. And this is what, this is what I think. Um, you know, she, she has no love for the Jedi, but that doesn't necessarily make her a bad person. Yes, she was going to bomb the, she did have a hand in bombing the Jedi temple. I mean, well, let's just forget that for a moment. But when we look back at Grogu's memories in the book of Boba Fett, Luke unlocks, I don't know if he unlocks his memories or he helps him remember, whatever happens, we get a glimpse into Grogu's perspective on Order 66. In a flash, on the wall, and and it only appears for like a split second, and you really have to be good about catching it, but her crest that she has in those episodes where she's uh, trying to frame Ahsoka, you know, she has that crest on her wall, and just, you you don't remember this, dude? It's been a while, I don't know. Yeah, but she's got this. She's she's kind of got her own little crest. Well, that crest shows up on the wall in Grogu's memory, and it's mm. it's it's a minor thing. You see it, and it's gone. But Grogu sees it, and it's you know they had to pay someone to put that there. Is it just a clever little Easter egg, or is it something more? I guess my my question is, why was she at the temple and not locked away? Right, because isn't she in prison after we see her in the Clone Wars, and she tries to bomb the temple, and then she tries to frame Ahsoka, and they catch her. Yeah, but all heck's breaking loose at this time. I mean, the the clones are the clones are probably in charge of of whatever jail she's in. I don't know, maybe not, but well, even even more so, if the clones were in charge of the prison and they're executing Order sixty six, would they probably not just go kill her at her jail cell? I mean, could she not use the force to kill them? It's kind of like the situation with Maul, though. Maul was, like, tied down. I mean, he was going to die if Ahsoka didn't save him on that on that Star Destroyer. Yeah, but he was locked up tight. I mean, Barriss is probably just in a cell, like, free to use her they hands probably They probably took Barriss to the Citadel. Remember? Yeah, they probably did. That's where, yeah. they put, that's where they locked away Jedi who 
basically went against the Republic yeah. or the Order. So once That's they true. took that, once they but, took that back in the Clone Wars, uh, they probably started putting those Jedi right back there. So Afi would yeah. definitely be a good candidate for the Citadel. So why? How could? I guess my question is, how would she get to Coruscant? How would she? You know, there's so many things. It, it could happen. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's just there's a lot of like. Yeah, I think well, there's. We need a Disney Plus show. Disney, I, are you listening? We need Barris Offie on Disney Plus because I do think it's funny that we never find out what happens to her because she's a major character in the Clone Wars. I always thought she was going to be an Inquisitor, and they just haven't done it yet. Yeah, but I just think that's too safe, man. Like it's just too like, oh, Barris Offie's an Inquisitor, blah 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 blah. But I don't think she really lines up with the ideals of the Inquisitors. I know she has no love for the Jedi, but I don't. She's she doesn't like the Sith either. Well, she doesn't like think... she doesn't like the Jedi, and she feels like they're betraying the Republic. But she might change her mind about Palpatine if he's like, "I'm trying to make things better." Like basically the same same reasons why. Well, I guess about half the reasons why Anakin joins. But she could be like a Maul esque character where she just she don't want to listen to anybody, right? She she's gonna get justice her way. She really feels like a vigilante to me. Like, a go out of her way to do things on her own, on her own terms. I mean, she seems like a Ventress who turned early. Yeah. But eventually goes off and tries to... Well, she goes off into obscurity. If you read this uh, Dark Disciple, Dooku catches up with her, unfortunately. But, uh, but no, I just think... I think that it's possible. And I don't know why she would do it. Who knows why she would do it? I just see... I just saw that in that sequence so go back go back and watch that episode of the book of boba fett and I, I know that most people just want to forget that ever happened but go watch that sequence and you will see that crest on the wall it's weird it's a hot take though it's hot it's burning up all right wesley what what what, are, what do you got queued up for us yeah so my next hot take is the prequels are by far the most intriguing setting of all the three trilogies. I love politics and sand. Well, you said setting. You said setting. Setting, now, yeah, that's the key word. The, the most yeah. intriguing setting or the most intriguing trilogy? The, the most intriguing setting. Because, you okay. know, from... You know, I would, yeah, I would say, well, I think world-building-wise, the prequels dominate. I mean... Look at the yeah. planets we get in the prequels compared to the planets we get in the prequel or the excuse me the sequels yeah. or the OT. There's so much more life. There's so much more lived in, mm-hmm. and like I don't know, it, it feels more real. Even though it's a lot of CGI, there just seems more to it than what we get as far yeah. as like Hoth and Endor and the yeah. original trilogy. And then we get um, what is Maskinata's planet? I can't remember her castle. Uh, where uh, it's Takadana. Um, like Takadana, um, Jakku seems pretty light. I don't know those plant. All the other planets we get Naboo in the in the prequels. We get Coruscant. We yeah. get uh, even even the um, the kind of the light. Well, not Genosis. The Camino. The Caminoans. Even yeah. though we don't see a lot yeah. of them, we get the we get the thousands and millions of clones there. Um, yeah, and, and then we get the millions of Geonosians. Just the decks, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think you- world building and yes, yeah, setting wise prequels dominate mustafar mustafar is a totally different planet than anything we had seen up to that point and and even after i mean we've never seen anything quite like that since um i just i don't know i don't know how much of a hot take that is though because def it's definitely the best scene scenery wise now the sequels by and large look better but i mean they were made at a time where we were just better at making graphics but the scenes were great even though a lot of cgi was used diedrich i will say that the settings the planets um all of that even in episode one because episode one gets dogged on a lot for the cgi because it just looks goofy i mean it was it was brand new right but even but even there though naboo looks amazing um tatooine we'd seen previously but it looks great it was brought to life in a new way um seeing the pod racing and all that we we get culture out of Tatooine that we didn't get in the original trilogy. Um, even when that, we go that, to Naboo, going and back to the pod the racing scene, like you were saying, Blake, mm-hmm. when we get to see all of that audience, you're like, oh, there's that many people on Tatooine, and that's just people going. 
that's just people going to see a race. And this is supposed to be a, a backwater planet. Yeah. Dude, they're definitely the rednecks. That's my hot take. They're the rednecks of uh, the is that NASCAR. Live on Tatooine. Yeah, it's NASCAR. Pod racing dude. is NASCAR. Yeah. Oh, Probably more yeah. Formula Dale, One. Dale, dude, Dale, Dale, Dale Earnhardt would slay in a pod race. Look out, Saboba. The Intimidator is going to put you in a wall, bro. Dale Earnhardt is force sensitive. I will say, though, I, I, don't think, I don't think anyone's ever shot guns at NASCAR racers on the track, at least. Um, maybe in the early days. I was going to say, maybe, maybe like in the 30s. Yeah, well, I don't, NASCAR came around, I can't remember exactly, but you know, it was, it was basically people running uh, moonshine, and then they stopped, you know, they, they were racing each other, and that's really what became NASCAR, so, I guess people were shooting at the, at the drivers, there we go, it's, that's confirmed, that's not much of a hot take anymore, mm. <laughs> but I can agree though, um, Wesley, I think the setting of the prequels was fantastic and we get so much more than we get in any other trilogy and and not just the setting like the planets themselves but just some of the ideas that were introduced in in the prequels you know like Dietrich Dietrich hit on some of these as, as well but like a, you know a decaying republic and you know an army that's essentially made up of slaves um the the uh, political conflicts the trade federations you know and i think these ideas that were you know, while well, while the um, filmmaking perspective was very shoddy and not great in the prequels, I think these ideas are what was expanded on in the Clone Wars and Rebels, which made those shows so great. Yeah, yeah I, I like the politics in the prequels, and I know all three of us were uh, we were definitely young when the prequels came out. Um, I was eight years old. Wesley, you were around the same age as I was. Diedrich's a couple years older than we are. So we kind of grew up with these movies. And one thing that stuck out, obviously they, they looked new, right? When we were kids, that CGI was not goofy looking. That CGI was like, whoa, that's awesome. Like, we thought it was cool. Um, but going back and watching now, all the politics stuff, it, people dog the, the prequels for the politics. And I, I think it's great. It's, it is world building. And it's interesting. And it's cool to see Palpatine go from... Um, savior of the Republic to the Emperor. It's really important when you go back and, and watch as an adult for the story to yeah. progress to see these scenes. And it's like yeah. we see Padme's story, we see Palpatine's story through these scenes in the Senate. And it doesn't like overtake the Jedi story, like Obi-Wan, Anakin, you know, all that cool stuff that we get to see. You know, that's, that's what everyone wants to see, the lightsabers and the battles. But that stuff doesn't overtake the other scenes in the movie. It just fits right in all together. The way that they overlay the politics with all the action and the war was amazing. They did a great job with that. I don't think the prequels get enough credit for that. All right, Diedrich. What's your next hot take, man? Burn it up. Burn it up. I want to I be on fire. I'm going to segue since we've been talking about the prequels. Y'all might guess this one. I think the best Star Wars of the Star Wars is the Clone Wars. I heard a quote the other day, or I think I read it online, and it was like, the Clone Wars started with a movie that should have been television, right? Because that movie yeah. that came out, that was that CGI kind of yeah, monstrosity. When I, first, when I first watched it, I really felt, I was like, I knew it was a movie, but I was watching it, and I didn't think it was a movie. It was just it just seemed like episodes of a show. So, And the quote ends that the, the Clone Wars ended with television shows that should have been a movie. Like that, that last, the oh. last four episodes of season seven, you yeah. could have thrown on the screen and, and had people go get in the seats. I would have gone and saw it. It brought Dude, a tear to my a, eye, to be honest with you. There is a supercut that someone made of Clone Wars season seven, the last four episodes, intertwined with episode three, and you see it all happen in sequence. And I would be hard pressed not to go see that. They did. It wasn't released in theaters. It was like a, a fan made it. You can purchase it, I think. But so it might not be a hot take for this this little particular group because we're all probably prequel advocates. But mm-hmm. in the greater fan base, fanboys. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a good hot take. It's hard to come up with an argument against that, you know, because I I support well, that idea as well. <laughs> I, what I would say is there are a ton of people out there who will not watch animated Star Wars. 
and they're they're Star Wars fans. They're diehard Star Wars fans. I'm not going to call them anything else. They are Star Wars fans, but they do not watch animated stuff. They think it's for kids, and that's fine. If that's not your bag, that's not your bag. And I initially thought that about the Clone Wars. Um, it came out when I was in high school, so I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's a kids show. I'm not watching that. It looks stupid." And I mean, the first couple seasons were kids shows. I mean, it it just wasn't for me. And going back and watching, I mean, there's there's good points in those seasons. There's things I like to watch in them, but seasons three and on three was pretty good. But after Maul gets reintroduced, that's when it just takes off for me. Just the, the stories become more mature. You see like consequences and things forming and things happening. You see the dynamic between Obi-Wan and Grievous. You see the dynamic of Ahsoka and Anakin, and then Ahsoka being exiled from the Jedi Order. Oh my gosh, just all these different ideas and emotions. You start out with Ahsoka, who sucks, and everyone hated her, and I hated her. And then by the end of the show, <laughs> I'm not even talking about season seven. Dude, she sucked at the beginning, dude. Do not tell me that you watched. Don't you watch- disrespect Ahsoka that way. Nah, she did, though. She was terrible. In the movie? Oh, man. Oh, and, the, and movie. the, oh, Wars, the oh, movie? Oh, the movie. Hey there, Sky Guy and Stinky oh. the Hut. Like, it was so <laughs> stupid. Oh, okay. And I, see, I, don't, I didn't even take was, that into consideration. Like, <laughs> it was she was annoying, and it, it, she she was supposed to be, but it was like overly for me. Like, I just hated her character, and and even like in the first couple seasons, I was not an Ahsoka fan at all. And everyone was like, "Dude, just keep watching." So I kept watching, and you know, by season three time, she's really becoming a seasoned Padawan. And she's seen the war, and she's forced to grow up a lot faster than she should because of the war. She matures at a at a different rate, and by the end of the show, she is. But she's a she's a magnificent warrior. She is a magnificent Jedi. I mean, she can give guidance. She's wise. I just all this great stuff. I mean, she's an amazing character. But she started out, and I hated her. So I can see why people wouldn't get into to the animated shows. But if you do, you will like them. I mean, I'm 95% sure that if you watch this show and you like anything Star Wars, you will enjoy the Clone Wars. And I agree. I think Ahsoka's development is a good reason to enjoy the Clone Wars, but the Clone Wars offers so much development for a lot of characters as well um, that, you know, we might get glimpses of in the pre in the prequel movies. There's also a lot in the Clone Wars for everybody. There's lightsaber duels, there's espionage, there's bounty hunters, there's politics. There's politics, yeah. All of it's there's, in there. There's weird hut people that you got A lot of what about. we're seeing in these and, and a lot of what we're seeing in these live action shows has roots in the Clone Wars through Dave Filoni. Yeah. So the dark saber was introduced to us in the Clone Wars. Um Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Yeah, Cad Bane was a big mm-hmm. one. Quinlan Voss. He's a bounty hunter. That's that's the first time we ever saw Quinlan Voss like recanonized or canonized. So lots of good stuff. Check it out if you've not. And that's my hot take. It's the best Star Wars out there. Blake, what is your last hot take? This hot take is hotter than Mustafar, and we've talked about this before. We talked <laughs> oh, about this on our oh. first May the Fourth episode. And I would be sweaty. remiss. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about a little bit (laughs) Dietrich knows what's up we gotta we gotta talk about Darth Jar Jar but Darth Jar Jar I know it's a hot take and I think all of us here kind of like it's not a hot take in this group not not in this group at eight it's definitely us three I think Grant 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 and Andrew probably don't believe in it but they suck um but Darth Jar Jar so there is a theory out there that Jar Jar Binks is the biggest bombadist Sith Lord out there. He's controlling Palpatine. He's controlling um, the events happening in the prequels, all the way even through the the original trilogy. He is the mastermind. And I give credence to this hot take because in Phantom Menace, we see a ton of evidence that points to Jar Jar being way more important than he's led on to be. He's first off, he is like one of the main characters in the movie has some, has like the most screen time 
he's probably got more screen time than Anakin. I, I know he's got more screen time than Anakin. Um, I think the only people that he may not have more screen time than is Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I would argue he probably has more screen time than Obi-Wan because he was with them on Tatooine where Obi-Wan stays on the ship. Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. So really, you are right. I didn't even think about that. So in order, the uh, the, the person with the most screen time is Qui-Gon Jinn and then Jar Jar Binks. So he's definitely a major player. When we see Jar Jar, he has crazy like acrobatic ability. We don't see any other Gungans do all this crazy stuff where they're flipping around, jumping really high, and they have all these different... He has Not until the Clone Wars. Mechanics. Not until the Clone uh, Wars, that's true. So, okay. they, so it'll go back. We'll, we'll regroup to that. We'll, we'll hit that. We'll hit that in a minute. There's a reason for that. Um, he seems to be manipulating these other characters. One, one uh, point that Diedrich likes to make a lot of times is you can see Jar Jar's mouth move and you can see his hands waving when other characters are talking, and you can see him mouthing the words that the characters are saying. He is a completely CGI character. Why would you animate this character's mouth to say the other lines if it wasn't important? Like, they paid someone to do that. Why? Why would they do that? And the Gungans, he's been exiled from um, the Gungan home town or whatever because Utagunga. Utagunga, yeah. He's been exiled because he's clumsy? No, dude, they're scared of freaking Jar Jar. When he comes back, they don't act like he's like some clumsy dude. They act like he's the worst person they've ever met in their life and they like immediately like put the handcuffs on and try to contain this dude. Yeah, they're not playing that. Yeah. They're like, oh no 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 no. You gotta get out of here. Yeah, he's a criminal. Like he's he's straight up a bad dude. They were going to chop off his, not chop it, well, they were going to kill him. I mean, he, he had the death yeah. penalty for returning if Qui-Gon hadn't stepped in and basically said he has a life debt and brought in the gods. If he hadn't brought in the, yeah. the deities of this little group of people, they would have killed him. What are the Gungans uh, worship? Those big heads. The stone heads. Oh. Yeah. Mm. That's right. The Church of the Stone Heads. But but Jar Jar, man, he's he's got all this different stuff going for him. Him and uh, Palpatine are from the same home world. Okay, that's that's not a coincidence. He he puts Palpatine into power. He puts him in the position to become the Emperor. Not mm-hmm. not saying I think that's a part of the story that was kind of left in. They kind of reworked it because I'm sure originally George had it where. Jar Jar was pulling all the strings. He goes from like this benevolent idiot to the speaking voice of Naboo for the Senate. He gives, like I said, he gives the Chancellor his power. So how do you go from like the lowest life form on Naboo, like no one likes you, you're an idiot, you're clumsy, and you're stupid, to in the Senate and saying, Misa wants to grant the Chancellor grand powers or whatever he says. Um, It just, it, it doesn't make any sense. And the fact that he left that in there, I think it's just a hint, too, that Jar Jar was supposed to be the big bad guy. Also notice in all of the political scenes we'd see in episodes two and three amongst the the group of people who the Chancellor has around him. Uh, the Gungan is almost always there. Yeah. Yeah. Not- notice that. It's weird. Like It's just a guy from Naboo. Naboo is not particularly important. It's a mid-rim planet. It's got some natural yeah. resources. That's why they're trying to get an episode one. But like, it's not, right. a, it's not, a, it's not Alderaan. It's not Chandrilla. It's not Coruscant. Yeah. It's not Corellia. Why is the senator always with the chancellor? Yeah, but those important ideas that we spoke about earlier with politics and war and this, that, and the other... Jar Jar is always there for those ideas he is. present. He is. And it's, it's important to note, too, that in um, Empire Strikes Back, when we meet Yoda, Yoda was a really weird, kind of annoying little green monster ball. Like, he was just weird, dude. Like, he, he was annoying. He was all up in Luke's stuff, and he was playing with flashlights, and it turns out that he is the the Grand Master of the Jedi. He's the one that's going to train Luke and help him to become a Jedi. 
Same thing, man. George always talks about it rhymes, it rhymes. Well, George R. rhymes with Yoda, not, you know, literally, because those two words don't rhyme. But in the Star Wars universe, they do, because Jar Jar was going to start out as this clumsy, crazy, stupid character, but then it's revealed that he's really the dark master who's pulling the strings and making Palpatine who he's going to be. That's actually a good argument. (laughs) I like that. Notice the title of episode one is called The Phantom Menace. Yes. The menace, I think, that he was referring to the whole time was Jar Jar. <laughs> we never actually see this menace, which makes him a phantom. Right. That's the threat. That's the threat the whole movie. And on the surface, it seems like it's Palpatine, right? Because no one knows that Palpatine is the, the Sith Lord that everyone's looking for. But anyone that had read any Legends books up to that point, or anyone that kind of dug a little bit deeper into Star Wars, knew that Palpatine was the Emperor, even before Episode One came out. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like kind of lazy if you're going to make him the Phantom Menace. No, it was Jar Jar the whole... It was Jar Jar all along, right? Jar Jar the whole time. Misa the baddie. And don't even get me started on the Drunken Fist, like, fights that old Jar Jar has in Episode One when he's, like, taking out the tanks by dumb luck and clumsiness. Yeah, I mean, you can say it's just... He's got plot armor. It's part of the comedic relief of episode one. He's just comedic relief. But there's definitely more than that there. I mean, he's using the force, man, to to make it look like he doesn't know what he's doing, but also taking out, like, this whole droid army. No rebuttal. You know my stance. That's right. You know where the dorks stand on on Darth Jar Jar. Wesley, Wesley, do you have a rebut? Do you you think this was, like, supposed to happen? No rebuttals. It, it it all stands firm in my court. I mean, I think I think the eventual plan was because George Lucas always knew that Episode Three was going to have the duel between Obi Wan and Anakin. That was always in the background because that's one of his first images of Star yeah. Wars was that fight. That was in an interview he had a way long time ago. So that's been known yeah. for a while. Correct. And I think while that was going on, at, at least while he was thinking of this new trilogy, I think there was going to be a second battle where Palpatine was going to take the reins of power ultimately from Jar Jar. And there was going to be instead these two the, kinds of... Yeah. Instead of Yoda fighting him like he does in, in the uh, Senate building. Yeah. We get a Jar Jar and now, and now we have the And now we have the Plagueis story, which is similar. He mm-hmm. ends up killing his master right before right. the events of episode one. But... I, I think those ideas, after, or shortly after, I don't know if it's. Is it during? I don't know. It's it's right around the time. It's it's around the time. Yeah. Sure, we'll just go with that and be safe. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't even remember the point. I think it was like both those ideas were present, and he, I think he was going to use that idea for Jar Jar, and then he eventually used it for this Darth Plague. I, I think he gave it to whoever wrote the Darth Plagueis novel. All right, so I think. I think we're pretty much burnt up now, um, like Anakin on the uh, shores of the Mustafarian Sea. So uh, let's go on and turn it over to Master Yoda for the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Hot take, the word of the week is. So yes, we definitely talked about hot takes tonight, um, some, some crazy ones at that. And it's it's been a good time. So, Master Yoda, do you have any hot takes for Star Wars? Yes. Sexy Master Yoda is. <laughs> yeah, um I, I believe that would be a hot take. I I don't I don't know if I can get on board with that one. Uh, maybe though. Um but I'm not a Yoda species uh individual, so I can't really, you know, meh, find it is. But sexy I am. <laughs> More of me there should be. Yoda show, maybe. Master Yoda, I think you're taking advantage of the, the Word of the Week segment to like kind of push your own agenda. Do you, do you want a Star Wars show? Yes. Shunned I was from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Mad I am. I, mean, I can understand that. I mean, you were a big part of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's life, and to not even be featured in his show, that's... That said, I, th- I think we do need Yoda, a Star Wars story. Yes. Great it would be. Amazing. Best show to come out since Return of the Jedi it would be. Yeah, I, 
I don't know. I, I, I would like to see it. So um, I'm not just saying that just because you're here right now. Mm, cheeky you are. Like this I do not. Slap you with the force I will. All right, let's let's not get into all that. But yeah, um, hot takes, Master Yoda show. How did we even get here? Hmm. No, I do not. May the force be with you, and also with you, Master Yoda. So uh, thank you for another great word of the week. And with that, we come to the end of another great episode of Dork Wars the podcast. Check us out on DorkWarsPodcast.com. Check us out on our link tree, Dork Wars Podcast link tree. Just type that into Google. You'll find us. Uh, we're on every streaming platform that you can get podcasts on. Check out our YouTube channel where we do Dork Wars Live every other weekend at 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time. So thank you, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars The Podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars The Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... He's like, okay, I guess it's a hot take in the fact that you're saying somebody is going to out George Lucas, George Lucas. Production.